BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Dial M for Maple, the EV Club's deep dive look at Riverdale. Today we're dropping our keys in the bowl and discussing lock and key. I'm your host, Mari Eakin, and I'm joined, as always, by Cameron Sheets. Cameron, hello, and gross. <laughs> I know. I, I wrote that <laughs> intro, and I was like, well, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's happening on the show. <laughs> One time, here's a non sequitur, my grandpa sure. told me that he went to a key party. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and my brother and I brought it up. I was like 19, because my, my brother was like 13. He's like, yeah, I went to a party. We had to put our keys in a bowl. And my brother and I were like... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, we didn't want to know. Want to know a lot. It was with some of the members of the Cleveland Browns. Um, Whoa. We did not want to know a lot more. <laughs> no. Um, and we told my dad, and my dad was like, "What? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, maybe it was just like a don't drink and drive slash situation." But we'll never really know, hmm. Cameron. Will we? That's the cover for it, right? It's always like a, it's like a safe thing. We're just being safe. Don't drive home after you've had mm-hmm. drinks. They did a lot of drinking and driving in the. My grandparents were uh, wild in the 50s and 60s and 70s. I was just thinking, it's like a key party is not a thing that, at least if it's happening, it doesn't get talked about, and I'm sure it had its time, but I actually remember there was an episode of the show called The Ice Storm, and like that is the movie, the the movie the that's show? about... Yeah, I think the movie, which the movie is like at least partially set at a key party, so I feel like maybe we even brought up key parties then... It's like maybe always back of mind for the Riverdale writers. It's funny oh, yeah. that this is the only time it comes up. But I feel like key parties are a big trope on television. Honestly, we should pitch this as, as a story. But um, yeah, <laughs> there was that series about the seventies that I can't remember. That's like swing. It was called Swing Town, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a key parties in there, obviously, um, among other among other places. Yeah, it's a good plot resetter. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil what I was gonna say here. Uh, none of the drama really happens at this key party. Like, there's, you know, it's like it's like the start of a fan fiction story, and then like nothing actually goes anywhere. So yeah, yeah, we get one actual kiss at the party between Fangs and Reggie, as teased in the the episode teaser, and uh, the rest of it kind of happens elsewhere. And like when I say happens elsewhere, it's like it kind of just leads to a lot of emotional conversations more than it does anything else. Yeah, I think the only people that probably hooked up were um, Eric, <laughs> Eric and, and Minerva. Uh, yeah, Minerva. <laughs> That's so true. Um, good for them. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. Well, let's start with the ice puncher, which is how we open, open like we've been talking for five minutes already, each week's episode. Uh, what's a couple you'd ship on the show that we haven't seen yet? Hmm. Do you have one in mind? Well... I mean, for me, the big thing right now is just, like, season after season, Alice gets put through the ringer, um, trauma after trauma for her. I And now the FP is gone, I just want her to have somebody that she can just knock boots with and not have to worry about. Like, I just wanted her to have, like, who's up for that? Like, Curdle Jr., maybe? I don't know. I'm just throwing names Tom out there. Tom Keller? Well, Keller's oh, no, married to... Is he married to who, the woman we never see? Yeah, the, the former mayor who... 
yeah, I don't know. Played by Robin Givens. I I don't know um, Mary McCoy. I don't know if we'll see her again or not because Josie's not on the show. So, uh, but I had that thought initially too. I was like, Keller would be great. He's a hunk, but uh, taken, unfortunately. Yeah. Gosh, this one's tough because there's people that I'm like Nana Rose, and I'm like, I don't want her to like ruin anybody. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like. Gosh, I don't really, I can't really think of anybody. Because there are people I think would like do well together, like a Reggie and a Veronica or something, but like we've yeah. seen that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess what five seasons in, we have gotten a lot of these little pairings, if not, if just for a second. <laughs> I do, I literally, right, sometimes just for a second. Um, <laughs> I, I, we're obviously getting teased as, as we've thought about since we first met her, this like p- potential Jughead Tabitha thing, but. I don't know. I don't want her to get tied up in feeling like she has to save him and and set him on the straight and narrow. Like I want her to be able to do something for her. <laughs> what is she getting yeah, out of this? Yeah, we also she also has no Here's what I need from that story. Don't make it happen this season. <laughs> like let us get to know her. Mhm. Let mm-hmm. us get to like her as a person, as a character and not just as this like like when we met, I don't know, what's her name, Melody or whatever, like Sure. She was just Archie's. She was just dating Archie. She was like, like it's not a good storyline, especially for a woman of color that you're bringing totally. to the show. Like, give her a storyline, <laughs> not just, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help this hurt man. Right, and then when you do give her, you know, if if that's what happens, like, don't fall into the Tony trap, which we're obviously fixing now by giving her more to do. But Tony had other things going on. And then she became Cheryl's girlfriend and almost solely Cheryl's girlfriend. So, or what if like Jughead actually liked her instead of her liking him? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> any anything like that would be great. Yeah, I could see it going that way. Maybe it will. Maybe maybe we're not giving them enough credit. Maybe she'll be like, "Look, I'll help you out, but like you're a mess. There's no re-. and Jughead's going to be the one that's like, "Okay, you help me out now. I'm falling for you." That sort of thing. I guess it could go that way. I mean, speaking of that. At the party, he was, like, so fucked up, and everyone was just like, hmm, Jughead. Right. It's like, yo, Archie, <laughs> like, aren't you, like, his friend? Like, get him the fuck out of there. Like, it was mm-hmm. so weird. It was a very weird scenario. Yeah, for the most part, it seems like these characters are pretending like he doesn't exist. Like, it's almost like Jughead doesn't exist in their stories at all, to the point where we get the scene early in this one where... They're in the staff break room. It's like the core four. And there's that really funny moment where Betty walks in and Jughead just goes, hey. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you guys know each other. (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering that because, you know, when they would talk about, like, Veronica's wedding, I was like, did they not go? Like, did they just elope and not invite anybody? Like, what's the backstory there? I don't know if we will learn. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure. Uh, We should jump into some of the plot. I kind of broke it down uh, by character again before we get to the key party of it all. But we get a lot of business with, like, I mean, Veronica business, Archie business, Betty business. It all kind of comes to a head at a certain point because this is, in a sense, the love triangle, although not really. But, like, the classic love triangle of the comics that we're getting for a little bit here. Which mm-hmm. we kicked the episode off, at least in, in as far as this plot goes, with Archie and Betty doing their hot, hot, hot. Role play fireman sex. <laughs> How did I miss this? <laughs> you missed the scene somehow. I oh. was watching it on the CW. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was an early one. Archie's in his fireman suspenders. I missed this somehow. I was watching it on TV. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to go rewatch this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess so. Well, I, there I will was s- like some weird like commercials at the beginning. Then I was oh, like, this huh. seems like it's too long. Well, you're not missing a much in the sense that we see Archie's abs every episode, and we've already seen his fireman get up in some teaser True. photos. There's really not a lot that happens there, just that it's like, okay, we get it. They're having fun uh, with each other at the very, very least. Um, maybe I left the room or something. Meanwhile, Archie and Eric are remodeling the apartment. She wants it down to the stud. She wants the whole thing redone. And she's blocking Chadwick's calls. Yes, which, sure. I'm still sure, confused whatever. about their whole status. but <laughs> It gets kind of cleared up later. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's like they're trying to have space. I I just don't I still don't understand why they were together in the first place, but that is a question we'll maybe never get answered. But <laughs> um, mm-hmm. later on, Betty kind of confides in Kevin, which I'm glad she does about the R two situation. His reaction to it is is pretty funny, but I don't know. I mean, Betty, I think they're both feeling the same way about it, which is good that they're like. They don't want it to go any deeper, even though they can sense that they're maybe sort of catching some feelings or that it's getting a little too deep. I mean, Betty is at this point, well, she has that horrifying, horrifying nightmare about, well, Polly's in it and the trash bag killer shows up. And that's when she has Archie come over. Like, it's becoming more than just friends with benefits because Betty doesn't really have anyone else she feels like she can talk to about all this crazy shit right now. Yeah. Which is also kind of weird because, like, Veronica's your friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, why mm-hmm. is no one help? Like, it's weird to me that no one is helping each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, guess Veronica and Archie are helping each other, but that's because like there's still weird romantic feelings. But like, Betty is like looking for her sister who's dead, and like we haven't heard Veronica or Jughead acknowledge like, wait, what's going on with Polly? Like, she's missing. Yeah. I'll help you search the swamps. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I know we haven't talked in five years, but like that's fucked up. Like, I'll help you. Like. Any of that kind of stuff. And that's, I think that's like to me why these storylines are really weird because they're so disparate. They're so like, I don't know. Like, I don't expect everyone to necessarily know like the shit Jughead's been through or that like he maybe or maybe didn't see aliens. Like, okay, don't tell everyone. Yeah, totally. But like the thing, the stuff about Jug- about Betty's sister is like, that's pretty, that's pretty like, that's a big deal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the whole town, seasons one, two, three, four, the whole town would be like out looking for this these this gal well the town doesn't exist and there's your there's your issue <laughs> i guess no, the quote-unquote the town of like, course meaning, like, yeah the eight people we know on the show and like if hiram's getting in the way of the search for betty and alice's search for for polly wouldn't she be able to tell veronica about it wouldn't veronica be up in arms wouldn't she be raising hell for her father like she loves to do yeah it, it is strange i think that you absolutely nail it on the head and that's why these last two episodes were the prior to this one felt so weird because no one was was connecting. We were just getting a lot of individual plots. It's it's uh it's weird. Like I don't expect, you know, Archie telling everyone about like his war experiences. Like that's a that's a heavy lift or whatever. Right. But there's certain things that are like I don't know. If if Veronica's having marital problems, she can she should have friends to talk to. Yeah. And maybe that's the point of where things have been. It's like, look, you guys just need to be friends again and talk to each other and things will be better but I don't know in the meantime Archie's just having his bro chats with Eric um, because Eric's around (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he kind of tells him about the Betty situation and then admits about the feelings for Veronica which 
they have not come out and said, but it's like we 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 knew we've been new, as they say. Like, of course, of course, you still have feelings for her. Yeah, none of that's surprising. No. Um, and then I guess the other thing that we learn here is that Polly has called Alice. Um, it sounds like she's in a spaceship, which I think is not really true. I think it's just sort of like she could be in the back of a truck. I think that's what we're supposed to like, sort of go like, what if it's aliens? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And Betty doesn't believe it was her, but ultimately we'll learn a little later that it was her yeah mm-hmm. which we don't know the circumstances but we will find out dun, dun, dun. and then as far as speaking of aliens <laughs> jughead yeah that woman we said we were gonna meet has actually returned Dr. yes Whitney. and i am gonna stand because i love our normie tertiary characters oh they're so great <laughs> she's so cool <laughs> i wonder if she's normie but we'll, you know, we'll talk about Good that. Good point. Good point. Seemingly so. Because um, she's like, I don't know if I believe you, but you should come to my support group where it's like, wait a minute. It's, a, I mean, like if she, if she pushes in another step and is like, well, let me give you this kind of therapy. I'll be like, okay, I don't, something's fishy. You yeah. Know? Right. Because maybe she just realizes he's mentally in this weak spot right now. And she's like, I can exploit it somehow. We, we don't know how, but yeah, she, mm-hmm. I mean, at work, she gets him to come to to his class like, or her what is it it's like aa basically but yeah it's a it's a i want to say focus group that's not the right word um support group support group yeah mm-hmm. um and um he she's like he basically first of all he's seeing things like he's yes. seeing like the alien in his classroom he saw the alien in his steamed up mirror when he <laughs> right. was looking at his trashy mustache and thinking i shouldn't shave this but like i'm i was looking at it and being like you definitely should you should it's pretty gross and then basically the what comes out is that he maybe has he's had like extended blackouts because mm-hmm. he was doing jingle jangle and harder drugs and drinking in new york um which is like wait what right maybe has some sort of weird repressed memory which like him having some repressed traumatic experience is like Oh, I don't know, like the first 17 years of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, what happened in New York? Because he's drinking way too much. Oh, God, yeah. and It's kind of gross. Right. I mean, the minute he gets to the party, which we'll get to later. And again, no one is really saying anything. Tabitha seems to care, but, uh, like, was never a thought that, like, maybe you shouldn't be drinking because... <laughs> I don't know. The yeah. blackouts could be a cause of a number of things, but almost certainly they're happening because you are getting obliterated. <laughs> like Tony's there, and she's not like, "Hey, Jug, like I know FP, That's and right. like, I know the serpents, and like this is maybe a lot for you." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder how much darker that will get before something changes, because it is it is kind of it's I don't know, it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. No, it is not fun to watch, and Tabitha did not roll him on his side when he fell asleep. And, That's right. Um, I was like, Tabitha, Jesus, everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would love to know, maybe we'll have like a flashback episode or something to see like how he got to these places. Um, mm-hmm. Because like this like TBK stuff with Betty is pretty weird. I don't know. I feel like we're going to need some sort of explanation about what happened to Jughead. And, like, how did he get to the point where he's, like, partying super hard and, like, doing hard drugs? And, like, it's a weird scenario. 
Yeah, definitely. Gosh, I mean, well, you have to assume that what happened to Betty was news. So maybe in some respects, Jug like saw that was happening and and felt really bad because he hadn't been around or whatever, and that just made things worse. Yeah, or maybe it's related to why he's so broke. Or, yep. Mm-hmm. No. Hmm. Or maybe it's like based. Maybe he was like spiraling because he was, um, oh. Not not writing. Who knows? Well, that like, that seems to be block. part of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there is some happier ish news. Yeah, at least initial. Well, <laughs> before we get to the happier ish news, we we see that Kevin is having anonymous hookups at the truck stop, and yet still coming home, and he's got every kind of milk and uh sweet cereal for Tony's pregnancy cravings. Um, so he's still playing family man while having these hookups on the side. Yeah, and then it turns out that um, Fangs and Kevin have been in an open relationship, but now they're going to close it up, like, because this one was when Fangs was on the road. Yeah, they kind of dole this out, like, bit by bit, but right, they they were open, and Fangs, you know, it seemed conditional. It's, like, obviously not when they're both home, but Fangs was a full-on truck driver for a while, but then he's also, like, alluding to a fresh start for them so at first we're like okay what well, i don't know what they're talking about but you know pretty soon after they call everyone together at the school and they announce that they're engaged um i don't i would love to have seen how like the engagement happened but that, that's just me yeah so like i don't know maybe it was like edited weird on the cw where i was watching it because like i didn't see the beginning part either um like i feel like i just came in on the engagement stuff or maybe I just was um, high or something. I wasn't high. Because <laughs> it was weird. Because they were like hot and steamy in like a shower room. Oh, and yeah. Like, that's right. It's crazy here. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are they at a bathhouse? Like, what is going on? Like, are they? It was like before it gets crazy. Like, I didn't know. Why are they in like a shower room? And like, what's going on? Anyways. Well, that's all I was thinking. Yeah, I don't really know, but we do see them at the gym later on, too. So I think it just is like, oh, this is like a A gay couple. Like, that's what they do together is they go to the gym and work out and then go into the sauna or something. That makes sense. Yeah. And they both look great. So congrats. (laughs) I was just wondering, like, the before it gets crazy. Is that like, like, it's because meaning like when the baby came, I guess that could be what it is. I kind of took it that way. Crazy. Right. Yeah. I kind of took it that way. Definitely. I was, but just, I was just imagining what I wanted to be happening, but what wasn't happening. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, is this like a cool truck driver hangout? That, like, yeah. All these like ripped dudes coming in. Like Kevin was <laughs> like, they're like, your lats are looking good, babe. I was like, damn, Casey caught. Um, jacked. He was jacked. What comes out is that they're going to raise this baby with Tony. And I'm wondering like if it's Fang's. Who's, I, mean, I mean, I guess we still don't really know, like, quote unquote, whose baby it is. I guess they it could be like, it could be like an insemination situation. It could be a, who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah, Doesn't we matter. don't we don't know, but I, it it I guess it's sweet that they're like happy to go all in. I mean, assuming it's one of them is not the father via insemination or whatever. That's I don't know. That's cute. I, I do love their little setup. It's a shame that we only get a few glimpses of it before, like, in theory, it falls apart because they break up or whatever. But I, I, I love that. I want to watch them raise a kid together. Um, I know. It's, it's cute. really cute. Well, Cheryl's reaction. It is kind of brutal that they drop it on her. But oh, yeah. Yeah. She 
they also don't need to tell her. I don't, no, you know they I mean? don't. Like, they don't I mean, owe her anything. As far as we know, like she just hasn't been around whatsoever. And maybe because Tony went the extra mile to kind of lure her out of Thornhill for a change, like maybe she should have broken that news to her because she's in this weird special situation, extra sensitive. But yeah, I mean, they don't owe Cheryl anything. Unless, of course, this is somehow like a baby made with Jason Blossom's DNA, in which case <laughs> maybe they do. In my mind, I've heard of people doing this where they're like, we just like do two quote unquote samples and we like mm-hmm. mix them together. And then like whoever's ends up being the winner or whatever is the winner, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and that's how I imagined it. My right. romantic imagining of their situation. I could see that. I think it's cute. And then, but what we find out is that Tony has a medical condition and that it's harder for her to get pregnant as she gets older. I don't know what condition this is. It could be like an endometriosis situation. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess, yeah. She decides to go ahead and do it. I I mean, I will say like out of everyone, Tony is certainly like the most stable and capable person. 100%. Um, yeah, she could do this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like out yeah. <laughs> she there's no reason for her not not to have a kid. She's 25 years old and has a stable job and a, a house and yeah. Yeah. So Tony telling Cheryl that kind of, at least at the time, she's like, okay, I understand. I'm not super upset. But then she's back home and Minerva's there because she's painting Minerva. And as I've noted, I guess there's just no consequences for her being caught for forging art. But Minerva's like wanting to get closer to her now. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) Minerva wants a painting by Cheryl, who she thinks is like such a great talent. Yeah. Um. And she's not bad. Like, she's an interesting painter. <laughs> I I like what she made for Minerva, but I yeah. So she's around and decides to be this agent of chaos, or at least in, in, inspires Cheryl to be the agent of chaos. She we've always known she she was, <laughs> and in the most Cheryl move mm-hmm. of all, she invites people to the bar specifically so she can make another announcement, which is that she's inviting them to her house for a key party. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's like gets on the pool table in like spike heels, which like as a, I don't know, as a person that grew up in like a restaurant family or whatever, I'm like, no, not the, you're going to ruin the pool yeah. table. Not that Mind she would have felt. cared, but mm-hmm. exactly, but whatever. Yep. And she announces to the whole bar, even though not everyone there is in their friend group. So some people are like, am I <laughs> supposed to come to this? Me? <laughs> Do you want me? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're like, well, everyone's hot. So <laughs> Yeah. As Chad later points out. Yes. <laughs> in a gross, gross way. Um, but we'll come back and actually talk a little bit more about, you know, the jingle jangly key party. <laughs> we'll Sounds be right good. back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, key party. Um, Minerva's there. Reggie. Chad came into town. Why? Did Veronica tell him to come? I think she's like trying to make him jealous or something. Yeah. 
You know what I thought for sure would happen? And maybe this is what happened is that she posted that photo of Archie and Eric working on the thing. I thought specifically he would be like, I saw that photo get posted and that's why I came. So I thought he would just show up, but it seems like he was invited. So Yeah, it, it does kind of come off that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Fangs. Kevin basically encourages Fangs to bring someone. He's like, yeah. let's make it up. Let's keep it spicy. Like, bring someone. Of course, Kevin doesn't bring anybody. He just tells Fangs to bring somebody. And they brings Rick. Kevin's hookup. So that's immediately awkward. I, I'm I'm so... Int- it's so interesting to me. Kevin is just really spiraling in some sense. Like, I don't know why he couldn't just be honest. Like, what has... Because we came we came back and we saw this relationship, and for all we knew, things between them have been great. But like, I don't. Kevin's really holding on to something. Yeah. How do I put this? Um, I think I I don't know. I had a high school boyfriend that we dated in college. Hmm. We didn't go out all of high school. We just started dating senior year. But I think when you go through these like transitions in your life. And I, and I had a boyfriend that was in college and then, like, into adulthood, quote-unquote adulthood. I think when you go through these transitions, you're still, like, you're still, like, holding on to these people and then making a transition to a different part of your life is very hard. And then I feel like a lot of people then do these, like, annihilation things yeah. in their relationships because they don't know how to get out of that situation in, like, a grown-up adult way <laughs> right. or how to work through it, you know? Like, he, like, it is best for them to be apart, but Kevin doesn't know how to just be like, I'm not ready for this. We shouldn't be together. He has to, like, try to break it up somehow that's not, quote, unquote, his fault. Mm-hmm. That's that's you definitely know? what it is. But I, I yeah. think I'm still, like, why is he even at that point? I guess, I, yeah, people change, but he seems to just really be into having anonymous hookups. I mean, he's also young, and he's, like, stuck in Riverdale. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Right. Not stuck. But, like, he just doesn't have to be ready. That's true. At one point, he had those big dreams of going to New York, too, right? Wasn't he going to go to NYU at one point or wanted to? Yeah, but he shouldn't have made all those promises or agreed to all that stuff. Right, because he seems Um, to be the one that keeps pushing it, which... Can I briefly step in here and say that there's something that happened that we didn't mention and that we should have, and that was that Katie Keene called Veronica. Oh, you're right. I made note of that, and I forgot <laughs> to bring it up. That's huge. A huge moment. A huge moment. Um, audio only. She was at Spiffany's. Yes. Or at the um, – she was at Lacey's, Spiffany's, whatever, eating, and she saw uh, Chad having lunch with another woman. Dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of instigator. I just wanted to point that out because I felt like it would be remiss if we didn't. No, we had to. That yeah, that happened. An actual Lucy Hale yeah. voice cameo. I yeah. I want to know what else she was up to at that day that she recorded that. Like, was it seriously like, okay, we just need you to come by for like no more than ten minutes and give us two readings on this one line, and then you're good to go? Like, where she in LA like, and had do to do it pop on your it. like phone? I guess yeah. she could have because the audio was meant to sound. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, or I mean, like, maybe she's doing voiceovers for some TV, sh- you know, for doing True. audio. Like, I think a lot of um, talent now has, like, setups in their house because they're doing ADR, they're doing yep. uh, whatever, you know. So. Yeah, 100%. Ver- I thought Veronica was about to invite her to the party, but alas. I would love that. She's like, yeah, um, I'll anyways. drive all this way just for a key party. Sure, why not? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're back to the party anyways. Mm. 
Um, you like Cheryl's speech. Yeah, I I thought that it was super funny. Just she's so deadpan about she's like, well, we're going to be in our 30s before too long. And then we're going to be like knocking on death's door after that. Yeah, it's like then mortality. Yeah, she's so morbid. Which, like she's not she's super morbid, but also like. That is the kind of stuff you do when you're young and and you think when you're young. Like, mm-hmm. you think, like, oh, yeah, then we'll have kids, and we'll move to the suburbs, then we'll this. And, like, it's not necessarily true. Like, people who are, like, 50, 60, 40 years old are still, like, as wild or whatever. But right. you do think that way when you're 20. It's been seven years, so they're 25. So Yeah, true. Anyhow. I mean, I totally get where she's coming from, but it's it, it, it's just funny. And <laughs> so she kind of lays down the ground rules for how it's going to work, and people... I don't. We don't really see a whole lot of other socializing or drinking or that sort of thing. It's just like suddenly Jughead super drunk, <laughs> and then that's when they start drawing keys. And uh, <laughs> with like a few exceptions, it's like pretty much everybody gets exactly who they need to get for the sake of the plot. <laughs> Which I can't blame the show for doing that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is also kind of gross. I mean, not gross, but just like no, everyone's just like, yeah, I'm in it. Like Jughead, like even Tabitha's like, you're still going to this party, and Jughead's like, yeah, sounds like fun. And it's like, you want to have like a random hookup with Veronica or something? Do you know what I mean? Like, what if you get Cheryl's keys? Like, you and Cheryl are gonna mess around? Like, yeah, is that the it's idea? a little. <laughs> I guess. I mean, and there's part no of... consequences, like. Part of Cheryl's speech is just them being like, well, we're all, I, she, I forget what she says and I should know, but she is like, well, we're all progressive and blah, blah. So I guess in the mm-hmm. show's mind, that just means like, yeah, a progressive modern group of friends, they're all just going to have sex with each other. That's how it works. Yeah. And I think she sort of means like, you know, open minded, open minded, uh, fluid sexuality, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like right. if Archie and Reggie get each other. Hey, you know, whatever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's unfor- that's unfortunately now it happens. No, no, no. And it's sad. That's the Riverdale we need to see. That's yeah. That's Riverdale all the fans wanted to see. Definitely. Veronica um, gets Archie's keys. Um, they seem pretty gung ho about it and Chadwick mm-hmm. is mad. He's like, not with your ex and I I don't <laughs> Yes, they're I, I think even though they're on a break, they're married, like I don't <laughs> I just yeah, don't really understand no. why everyone should just be okay with that. But no, I mean, I I mean, like, if it was a group of like single adults mm-hmm. that like wanted, or or groups where like the couples, everyone in every couple was like totally fine with it. Yeah, right. But, like, no, you're going into that room with like a ton of weird baggage that makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Even though I don't care for Chadwick, I see his point of view there. Uh, Veronica tries yeah, to take the high road. Yeah, he did not handle it correctly. No, no, certainly not. Veronica mm-hmm. tries to take the high road and is just like, okay, I'll take your keys and then leave. And that's where I started to realize, I mean, I think that was the first one, but I was like, oh, this is really all this episode is going to be. Like, they're just going to all go their separate way. It's not going to be some crazy <laughs> orgy. Not that I expected that, but yeah. it wasn't anything more. It wasn't a spin-the-bottle style game. It was just like everyone goes their separate ways. So... On that note, Jughead is too wasted, as we've talked about, and uh, ends up getting Tabitha's keys, and she drives him home. Eric gets Minerva's, as we mentioned as well, which is funny. Good for both of them. Mm-hmm. And then Reggie. Reggie gets fangs, and they kiss. Reggie's like, eh, we'll see what happens. And then it turns out that that's not true. Um, 
Kevin draws Rick's keys and they just go talking to Gazebo. Um, <laughs> Betty gets Archie because like it's the only ones left. Oh no, well, it's relatively the only ones mm-hmm. left. And then Cheryl and Tony. And then, as a mom, I thought this was extremely creepy. Cheryl is like, I have to show you something. It's a nursery that looks like it's made for like an 85 year old person. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to throw a wrench into Kevin and Fangs to sort of like get Tony to move back in with her. And Tony's like, gross. I'm not moving back in with you into the house where I lived with your two dead brothers. <laughs> like, yep, fair no. enough. No, like, this is not okay. And, like, you can't just manipulate me like this. And she is a thousand percent right. I mean, of course. <laughs> they've been through that before. I mean, yeah, they were only in high school at the time. But, like, they basically did get to a point where they were just trapped in that home. And Tony's her own person now. And she does not need to do that. And she doesn't need to be the one to... Well, I think for a while there she thought maybe she could save Cheryl from all of this, like, gothic dark madness that is her her whole life but i at this point she's kind of resigned herself she's like well it's been all these years now and cheryl's not gonna change so she kind of she's i think cheryl's worse than ever like in terms of definitely selfishness and just like being in like a bad place Mm -hmm. like i think when they broke up she was like a human being and now I think she's turned into, like, a really kind of awful person. Um, I mean, she yeah. was already, like, pretty bad at the beginning. So, yeah. I think also that's sort of what Tony is trying to get into her head. Like, I'm sorry if I, like, I think she says, like, I'm sorry if I led you on or whatever. But, like, what it should be is, like, no, we just can't be together if you're going to be so selfish. Like, you never even considered. You didn't ask what I would want. Right, right. You know? So... Yeah, the seven years uh, in Thornhill with Nana Rose have not been good to Cheryl, that's for sure. Because, <laughs> like, she could have been like, I built this nursery for you. If you ever get tired of those dudes and you want to come over here and hang out, like, yeah, the, look, there's a space for you and your kid. Like, you can come here. Do you know the, what I mean? Right, but it there's wasn't a better like way to it handle like, it. It's like, I tried to break these guys up so you could move in here. And, like, I built this room. And it's also a very non-baby room, and it's kind of gross. So. It's so creepy, and in a way that I love, yeah. you know, as a viewer of the show. But, like, come on. <laughs> uh, later yeah. on, then we get the scene with Kevin and Rick talking in the gazebo. And I think things are really just kind of clicking for Kevin. I, I mean, it, it is kind of, it's it's funny and would be weird to find out that you and your open partner have both been, like, secretly hooking up with the same person on and off. And, and this guy seems to know a lot about Fangs and Fangs' life, knows nothing about Kevin because, one, Kevin wouldn't even want to, like, tr- trade names with him. But also, Fangs is just not talking about him. And I don't think that that has anything to do with, like, Fangs' feelings about Kevin. I think it has more to do with um, them just trying to it's, keep those parts weird. of their lives separate. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's definitely weird. Fangs, unfortunately, did not hook up with Reggie because he is 100% straight. I know. So he's a home-eating cereal. And then Kevin admits he's nervous about getting married, and he walks out. I also, when he was like, I'm not ready to get married, I was like, cool. You can be not ready to get married and still be together. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not ready to get married today. Doesn't mean I'll never be. I'm just not ready ready to get married today. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, instead, he, like, instead he's just, like, I'm not ready to get married to you ever. The end. You know. Yeah. And walks out. Yeah. I have another thought about this, but it will be specifically addressed in the speculation booth. So we will come back to that. But um, very interesting. Something's going on there. 
we get Archie and I Betty's. I like hope he moves in with Betty. Oh, God. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. She needs to have somebody that she can just fully rely on um, mm-hmm. because Archie is at, well, well here, here's our transition. Of... <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They have their post, well, I don't know if it's post-key party. It's part of the key party, essentially. But they have their, their thing where they're off together. And she's like, here we are. We're not hooking up. What's going on? And this is where Archie lays that out on the table. Betty's kind of feeling, I guess, similarly. I mean, she's like, I don't, she's worried about how dark her family stuff's getting. I feel like it's already been dark. Like, she says it's like the darkest thing. And I mean, your dad was a serial killer. I don't know if it gets any darker than that. So, I mean, she straight up 100% believes that her sister is dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. not to put too fine a point on it, but like, she tells her mom, like, the odds of her being alive after two days are like basically zero. Mm hmm. So that's pretty dark, like, then having these kids there and, like, all this stuff. But, yeah, it's all been pretty awful. (laughs) Like, I think it's telling that Betty's quote-unquote boyfriend never comes up in any of these conversations. Yeah, I Um, guess I'm like, what was their... Let's not even pay attention to him. Yeah. Right, what was their deal anyway? We We don't know. But this frees Archie up so he doesn't have to feel bad about having these feelings for Veronica. And Veronica, although we don't see her tell him this... Uh, we kind of get the setup to it in the scene where she's about to, she's like, Chad, we need to talk. There's been something on my mind. And later on, when she goes to, to Archie, she tells him that they're finally going to get di- divorced. And Archie admits to have ho- ho- have hooked up with Betty all those times, um, which probably the right move at this point. Let's uh, just be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, d- I was sort of hoping like, you know, Jughead would find out and it would be a whole thing and blah, 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 blah. But, like, that's not what's happening. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Veronica's surprisingly cool with it. Right. It's it's pretty clean and tidy, I feel like, for for lack of a better way to put it. Like, the show had four or so episodes where they got to make the Barchi shippers happy and they break it off in a not-too-traumatic way um, so that the Varchi shippers can be happy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Minerva and Cheryl kiss because Cheryl's like, I'm a nightmare. I'm a monster. I'm a mess. Blah, blah, blah. Minerva's like, you're beautiful. And then they kiss. Do not really trust You said situation. you knew that were coming. Yes, definitely. But I, I don't feel good about it. Like, <laughs> I just don't feel good about it. Something's going on. No, something's weird for sure. Or mm-hmm. like it'll or like. Minerva will mess with Cheryl and it'll make Cheryl into a human being. Like she'll realize that like it's not cool to get fucked with. That's true. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. We just don't know enough about Minerva to know that she's not conniving or going to like want to take advantage of the situation because as it stands, she has this like, well, we don't really know how much money Cheryl still has. It seems like she's running out, but she has this giant estate. She has this like family fortune to some extent. And she also has this skill like is Minerva just trying to get on the side of her so she can take advantage of it. Could be. Yeah. We don't know. Um, and finally. And then Polly calls from a payphone on the highway and says, like, help, help, help. I escaped. They're, but they're trying to find me, blah, blah, blah. And then Betty's like, call back and call my cell phone. Which also, like, you think she has, okay, unlimited time. <laughs> right. She's somewhere on the lost highway. She doesn't know where, which is also like, okay, so they're just going to drive. Like, is it east? Is it west? Like, who knows? Um, but then they find this payphone booth, and it's all, like, smashed up and bloody, mm-hmm. which is, so we're supposed to sort of infer that Polly got ripped out of that booth and and something happened to Polly. Yeah, I don't know. It's so smashed. Like, did the truck just run right into it, that creepy semi, or what? 
Yeah. Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. But that's the app. Yeah, that's the app. What did you think? I mean, I know that you liked it a little more than Norm's. Yeah, I, I just like the show finally brought some of these characters back together. And as as has been the case post-Time Jump, I mean, we're getting actual story for Kevin and Fangs and Cheryl and Tony in a way that like it felt like we just were not all of last season. So I'm just happy about that alone. I think that's great. I am really curious about where that's going to go. But I, th- I think this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the key party wasn't as wild and crazy as we thought it was going to be. But I do like the way it kind of shifts the status quo again, as it were. I think every time there's like a key party in a show or a movie or whatever, it's like, it's going to be crazy. And then it's always like, Depressing. oh, wait, nothing's going to happen because like no one does anything. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the tantalizing promise of it and then nothing happens um, yeah true and but i but i should have known that do you know what i mean like i <laughs> right. knew that always happened but still when it was advertised i'm like oh shit <laughs> um but then nothing happened yeah i enjoyed it but there was i still just don't care about aliens <laughs> like it's not to say i don't think they exist in real real world <laughs> etc cetera, etc cetera, but like i don't care to see like like a like a two-way mirror glass camera shot of an alien. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's how I feel. I am enjoying that the show's going there still, but that's just me. I totally understand. Yeah, especially if the show's going to just as it probably will come, you know, turn it around and be like, "Well, he's just been drunk the whole time and actually this was happening." I don't expect the but show like, to fully commit to it. It's not explaining like then was everyone in the diner also like repressing some memories at the same you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this time jughead okay but like what about all these other times right we might have to get into that a little bit more i don't know is pops it could happen did pops have a tough childhood and some blackouts was he drinking <laughs> maybe yeah. nana rose too who knows but let's do the speculation booth cuz you said you have some some theories here well yeah, there's specifically the Kevin and Fangs thing is really interesting to me. And I guess, you know, I can't give myself too much credit for this because I don't know that I would have thought this unless I hadn't read in the synopsis for next week, which we'll get to. But it mentions that Kevin is forced to face a dark moment from his past. And man, I mean, I don't know what that necessarily would be, but I mean, it's clear that that is, like, what is driving these issues and why he's having these commitment issues and that sort of thing. It's so strange that this is happening, and I'm glad we're getting this Kevin story, but, like, we just have seen so little of him in the season's past, like, past couple seasons that I'm like, I don't don't really know why he's going through this. Like, is he addicted to casual anonymous sex? Like, I I don't really know. We just know that he liked to go hook up in the Fox Forest, which kind of made sense for a teen thing, but... What's going on? Maybe he was a victim of sexual assault. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something he's yeah. not talking about. Like, because sometimes the, like, lines of consent can be kind of, the lines of consent are, are very firm. Um, but in some people's minds, maybe they're blurry. Do you know what I mean? Like, as far as maybe someone took advantage of Kevin when he was saying no. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, of that's course, where yeah. I can sort of see this going. And I don't think a show has really dealt with that kind of trauma. Yeah, possible. God, now that you say that, I'm like, 
I'm like, w- did something happen with Mr. Honey like <laughs> that we didn't see? Because Mr. Honey was acting really weird. And then uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But I mean, also, I, Kevin was, like, cruising when he was in high school, and it was, like, older dudes. That's you know what true. I mean? Anything like, could have happened. There could have been happened. some weird dynamics there. Like, I'm, I'm super curious about that. So that, that's kind of my big, big thought with that. I wrote down our questions from the episode, but, you know, as usual, we've kind of gone through those. We talked about Minerva a little bit. Like, is she just a conniving person who's trying to take advantage of this situation? I think definitely. The one we haven't talked about is, is Chad finally gone for good? I don't think so like i can't see him making this a an easy divorce and not just going to like veronica's dad (laughs) you know you know what i mean yeah and the only reason i was like maybe he's not sticking around super long is because i think when it was announced it was like oh a guest arc for the season i was like how many episodes will he even have but right they could very easily bring him back yeah i agree i think like once you do like five or seven episodes or something they have to pay you more money so you know we'll (laughs) see him for like one or two more episodes right who's who's Um, down (laughs) yeah we have some fan theories l server 362 says i just really want everyone to process their trauma in a healthy way i know this is too much to ask and it certainly won't happen at a key party i agree Mm -hmm. everyone's like really fucked up and is like I don't, it's not even like a healthy way, like maybe even like a healthier way. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's doing it like the exact opposite of what they should be doing. Like I'm not saying you need to like be the most adjusted human being. It is a television show, but like everyone's doing it awfully. Fan theory number two is also from L Server 362. Part of me, it says, part of me wants the show to go full on Scooby-Doo. Hiram faking the Mothman resurgence to finally rid the town of people like the Blossoms for his Sodale project covered or his project covered by Sodale. I agree. It was the old man this. and the, and it would have been, I would have gotten away from it if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> I think Sorry, this is so. genius. L server's kind of been one of our preeminent theorists as of late. And so I'm super grateful for all their thoughts, but this one, like this just makes so much sense to me. I mean, the show has always been kind of joked about as that anyway, especially because it has been like, the villain per season and it's always somebody in a mask so i kind of like them really really leaning into it mm-hmm. here they've said scooby gang before like it's not that's unusual. true right although no. is hiram kidnapping girls i don't know so yeah i mean and that's where it gets complicated like the mothman who's maybe. the trucker like yeah mm-hmm. and then what's your last one here cam so this is from a commenter on the AV Club review. Doc, their name is Dr. Boots List. They said Archie's army buddy was the most boring minor character on a show that lives and dies on its colorful minor characters. Agreed. I'm really missing ever Edgar Ever and Ever right now. They say it as an aside. And then they say, hopefully he'll turn out to be the trash bag killer, I guess. Interesting it's thought. It's really <laughs> wild. Like when they when he came on the show, I was like, did they did someone like win a contest to appear on the show? Do you know what I mean? Like they picked, they didn't even pick like a, he's an attractive man, but like for the show that picks like the world's most attractive humans who appear <laughs> on screen, like it's very odd that he is just like a regular, like a handsome regular dude. Do you know what I mean? It's a, yeah, it's a weird it's, turn. It is. I, I agree. And it's, it's kind of odd just the way that the show has talked around the war stuff. Like I get that we're not seeing war, but it's like, what, what happened I don't know. I, I mean, is Archie confused? I, it would be wild if he was the trash bag killer. I would not put it past the show. But how did those timelines work out? 
we don't know. But again, there's so much gray area in these pasts that anything could be the case. And it would explain a lot about why this guy is around in such a big, not big character, but he's had lines like more than you could say for Kevin a lot of last season's episodes. So. Yeah, or like a couple episodes, last episode or whatever, when he was like, Hiram's fucked up. Like, I'm going to go kill Hiram. Yes. It's like, like maybe something like that will happen where it's like, who is this guy? And he just like flew in and like changed the trajectory of the show or whatever. Something like that. Yeah, that would make sense. They could easily have him do something wild that would either put other people in danger or something. It'd be easy to put that on him because he's not a character we have any allegiance to. And he's uh, frankly boring so far, as we've said. So, <laughs> Yeah, like even Uncle Frank was more interesting than this. Yeah, beefy Uncle Frank. And he was boring. Okay, and then the name game for next week. The episode is called Destroyer, an excellent band. Um, oh, yeah. It's also a name for warships. You said it's a 1943 war movie, a 1988 schlocky horror movie set in a prison, and a 2018 detective movie starring Nicole Kidman. It's a pretty generic name. <laughs> it's Yeah, it super is. I will say, having seen the teaser for next week's episode, it's like pretty squarely focused on Betty trying to be like, women are getting killed. I want to solve this, this crime. I want to put my FBI code on and solve this. That makes me think of... To some degree, maybe they're meant to be alluding to Destroyer, the Kidman movie, because she's like a cop on that who's like chasing down this case, this cold case sort of thing. So but that's, that's like, maybe where it ties in. Don't do that. A 2018 yeah, Nicole Kidman movie that no one saw. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. people did not really like Pick that. A but movie. I don't know. It's also, a cool like, title. We talk about that teaser. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It like, showed nothing. It shows nothing, and it's like, oh, women are into true crime now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like that kind yeah. of thing where it's like, it's like we don't need to do this now. Where there's like, women are being murdered. Like, it just feels like a little heavy-handed in a way that I don't enjoy. Like, that is true. It is awful. There's a lot of awful things about it that the show is just not going to cover because they're just going to make right. it, like, sensational. Do you know what I mean? Like, in a way that I'm not enjoying. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like the show dangles this thread, and we're like, oh, but you guys, like, this is not the show to get into these issues. <laughs> Please like don't do that. you're not going to talk about <laughs> misogyny or, like, um, all sorts of awful things. Yeah. Sex work mm. or, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm just going well, just gonna to walk away from it because it's Riverdale, <laughs> and, and, yeah, I I just feel like it's kind of, like, playing on the, like, murderinos or whatever, uh, yeah. But without sort of dealing with like the intricacies of like what that actually means. Yeah, the implications of that. Let's also read the synopsis and see if we can pull any thoughts from there. It's I'll, I'll read this for us. It says, after the Bulldogs lose several football games, Archie and Veronica come up with a plan to boost school spirit. Jughead turns his attention to a student who he thinks might need his help. Betty seeks guidance from Cheryl after being faced with a difficult decision to make. Finally, Kevin is forced to face a dark moment from his past. None of that okay. is indicative of what we saw in the trailer. Absolutely not. Um, and it worries me that, you know, we brought everyone together and suddenly we're going to have eight different plots again. But uh, I'm intrigued by the Kevin stuff. So <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Um, and football, I'm not intrigued by. But, you know, I guess we'll get some cute Archie Veronica scenes, which we haven't had for like eight episodes or so now. So, so there's that. <laughs>
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Cameron, let's scoot on over to the blue and gold which is where we talk about our favorite Riverdale adjacent moments every week from the cast, the fans, and beyond. I truly do not have anything this week. Or, or if I did, it would be the exact same thing that you have written down here. Um, <laughs> and I have honestly, what it is, is KJ Appa and Hart Denton Song, which I said last week that I would totally listen to. And I will, but I have not yet. <laughs> uh, so please describe it to me. Well, you know what? I'm going to work to put a little soundbite of the song in right here. So, hopefully if you hadn't listened to it before the podcast, you just heard a little bit of it now. It's called Atmosphere. I guess they're just going by Hart Denton and KJ Appa. They don't have like a cool band name, but... um. Wow. For once, one of my wild theories was correct. It is exceedingly chill. It's such a bro chill song. <laughs> um, I kind of like it. Uh, I'll be curious to hear more of your thoughts on it. I, I, I like the sound. It's just is it's it gets sleepy after a little bit of time, but I like what it's going for. I like the sounds of it. I don't even know which one of them is singing for the most part. Like I could see it being either of them, which I think is kind of interesting, but their voices are good. It's just like Rounding up, it is a six-minute song, and it is like far too sleepy and chill for it to be that long. But don't do that. Don't, I like. Don't make your first single six minutes long. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Get an editor. Get a producer in there. But I like the direction yeah. they're going in. It's it's cute. It's it's chummy. It's not like uh, it's not overly anything. It's just a nice vibe, which is what I think is the best we could hope for. It's it's not, you know, it's not one of those like Archie original songs from from the show. Not that KJ had anything to do with writing those or or whatever, but it's better than those. I will say that. I'll take it. I will listen to it and I will report back next week. <laughs> Please do. I love these cliffhangers we're leaving. I will give you all my thoughts. I will read credits. I will look into this. <laughs> well, speaking of cliffhangers, Let's end our episode on a big cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dial on for Maple is a production of Onion Inc. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood, and we're edited by our own Cameron Sheets. The show is hosted by me, Mara Eakin, and Cameron Sheets. If you like the show, tell your friends. They can find us literally anywhere podcasts exist. Um, you can follow us, the podcast, on Twitter at, at Dial M for Maple, and I'm there at, at Mara Eakin, and Cameron is at Cameron Sheets. True. We will see you guys next week when Betty takes action. TBD. Bye-bye, Bulldogs. <laughs>